Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast. I'm delighted to say that I'm joined once again by uh, Jack Howard. Hello! Hello, Jack. Oh, I'm very like, excited to be back. That was full on. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to turn your headphones down for some of this. You're in a perky mood, young man. Yeah, well, I'm excited to be back talking to you. We're going to be talking about Spider-Man. Yes, we're good. So, let's, so let's just explain what we're going to do for y- y- our next couple of podcasts. On this podcast, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. Correct. Uh... And then on the next podcast we do, we're going to talk about Batman, the Batman. Yeah, which, I was going to correct you again. I know, yeah, all right. <laughs> Back in goal, goalie, right? <laughs> because we've been wanting to do the Spider-Man talk for a few weeks, but things, mm. have, you know, things have overtaken us. So this one is going to be Spider-Man, no way home. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I, then, it's interesting. We are. It is about to come out on home release, so it is getting a second wave of enthusiasm. Yeah. But yeah. we are now talking about Spider-Man as the conversation is very much shifting towards Batman. Yeah. We are late to this, but well, hey, you know, you know, it's it's, it's the it, it's the it's the streaming world. You choose when you see things. I mean, I just <laughs> should just say I saw the Batman again last night, so mm-hmm. we won't discuss this now. But I've literally so I saw it twice in a week. Yes, I've me still, too. I've still only seen Spider-Man. No way home. Uh, the once. Yes, um, okay. So I want to begin because I know this is very much your baby. So I want to mm. begin. Um, when I did the end of year roundup for the news channel uh, on the BBC, uh, one of the things that I did was I said probably the biggest news story of the of the year was we finally got the release of No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. Because at the time that we recorded the BBC news channel, which was, I think, two and a half weeks before the end of the year. You know, it's like we're halfway through. What this else sort of... is going to happen? Exactly. <laughs> it's all fine. And I'll be honest with you, Spider-Man was nowhere on my radar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew it was coming, but it was like, yeah, there's another Spider-Man movie. Sure. What then happened was, of course, uh, No Time to Die opened. It did decent box office. It didn't do stellar box office, yeah. but but all things considered. And people liked it. Yeah, It I, did well. Exactly. It did well, and particularly considering what a terrible time cinemas had had and how much attention we had all given to the cinema industry needs a boost and Bond keeps letting it down mm, by yeah. constantly putting its release date back. And I think both you and I had said, I think some time ago, I'm, I'm already bored. I'm already mm. bored with No Time Today. Yeah, so when yeah, it came yeah. out, then fine, it was it was great. Of course, in the two weeks between recording the News Channel uh, Film Review of the Year and the year actually ending, Spider-Man No Way Home, <laughs> <laughs> why would you do that, came out and became actually the film that saved cinema and yeah. i i confess in my entire career 
it is one of the most remarkable instances of of me not i mean i i quite often don't have any idea what's coming up on the horizon anyway but i thought that we were done with 2021 as far as box office was concerned but by the end of the year the big box office hit it was kind hit. of astounding wasn't it yeah so tell me i mean what sort of numbers did it do i think the most recent thing is that it, in a domestic sense yeah, in yeah. america it's overtaken avatar now um, <laughs> not not globally avatar is still no no sure but the biggest movie of all time yeah. but domestically in america it over, and there's a video it's a really funny video of a reporter interviewing tom holland for uncharted who gives a shit yeah and even he was like unseen in even he, he, well really right well this is the thing is that like even in his uncharted press interviews people are still asking him about spider-man yeah. yeah yeah so people somebody got to break the news to him that you were about to overtake avatar and he was like what really like he had no idea <laughs> yeah so i think it's got about two billion okay it's got something stupid ever since i got bit by that spider i've only had one week where my life has felt normal that was when you found out when you botched that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man we started getting some visitors from every universe Hello, Peter. You're not Peter Parker. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Dr. Otto Octavius. (laughs) Wait, no, seriously, what's your actual name? There are others out there. We need to send them back. So, Scooby-Doo this crap. You know, all this is kind of your mess. I know a couple of magic words myself, starting with the word please. Please, Scooby-Doo this crap. So, you know, so from my point of view, hands up, right? Yep. I was the old school film critic who thought, end of the year, mm-hmm. Bond is out. That's the big story. Let's just close the books. Let's just record it. So now tell me honestly, mm. because you're obviously from an <laughs> entirely younger... <laughs> Did you see this coming? What, it doing huge numbers? I knew that there was like a bubbling, like, build of like hype around it. The sort of like electricity that you can feel before Batman came out. It was kind of different. Before the Chris Nolan Batman. No, no, sorry. Before the The Batman Batman came out because... Oh, good. I got to correct you about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So with, with that coming out more recently... I'd heard that like some friends of mine had already seen it and that they were showing it to critics like a month in advance and there was all this like electricity around them showing the Batman and how confident Warner Brothers were in it. And and they were building all of that up to just like opening up the door, the floodgates, to be like, here's all the positive news about the Batman on one day. Okay. Whereas with Spider Man it was just like all oh, a secret. It was all like they were holding everything. Yeah. And even though there was all these like leaks on the online about whether or not Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were, were there. I, did, I wasn't aware oh, of that. Oh well this is the thing, is that like online everywhere like you like even i try my best to with films i know i'm going to watch and love i sometimes struggle with this but i try not to watch trailers and things like that and clips that get released because i'm like i'm quite good at working out 
where those things will slot yeah. or like context around them. I'm just quite good at filling that in just instinctively. So I try and avoid or even I'm in the in the cinema waiting for that moment to happen. I can't uh, yeah. get it out of my no, head. That drives me nuts. Yeah. That is the one thing about try- is the thing you're waiting for the thing yeah. to happen when they I had it in the Batman as well. Like the opening shot of the um of the trailer for the Batman is the Riddler being captured in the cafe. And I was like, oh, I'm waiting for that moment okay. now. Like, I wish I hadn't seen that now. When it's I saw the Bat- my own fault in a way. When I saw the Batman in uh, BFI IMAX yesterday, mm. that they had trailers before for, um, you know, for the Jared Leto. Morbius. And I can't... It's a me, Morbius. I know, I cannot... <laughs> Good Lord. I mean, it's like every single scene in that film I don't want to see. Do you know what? Someone just invited me to a Morbius screening and I replied being like, I don't think I want to see it. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's, just, just... it's just Jared Leto makes me shudder. I don't want to see him be a vampire. I don't, I don't want to see him be anything. <laughs> yeah. I want to see him sit quietly in a room. Anyway. Um, so, yes, so... there was all this bubbling anticipation that potentially... Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were going to be making reappearances okay. in this movie. And did you know how? So you knew. Not at all. Okay. This is the thing. This is the thing I'm oh, really warning you, Sonny, if you're listening to this, this we're, going, oh, yeah. we're going to. This is a spoilerific. If, you... if, if you're one of the few people somehow who haven't seen yeah. or heard about this movie, yeah. turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, come back later. Um, but yeah, there was, there was leaks online. There was like really pixelated, crappy uh, quality images of them on set. But then all of a sudden there was a high-res photo of Andrew Garfield on some scaffolding that was released. He then did interviews being like, it's a Photoshop, bless him. He did so well on (laughs) all the the films that he released in 2021. He was on a press tour constantly. People constantly asking him, are you in Spider-Man? And he kept being like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Good good job on him. Because this is the thing as well. I can imagine that from Sony and Marvel's point of view, the idea that, well, it's already out there now. Yeah. Let's put it in, let's get ahead of it. Let's put it in the trailers and just confirm it from and take the power back. But I'm glad they didn't do okay. that. So it wasn't in the trailers. It was never, ever released. So when I saw the, um, when I saw it, I saw it the same screening as you did in the yes. IMAX, the one great big multimedia COVID super spreader event, as far as I remember. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I stood at the very, very back of the auditorium because I was terrified about being in an auditorium with so many people. I was triple masked. Yeah. Um, and I had no idea it, about who who was going to be in it. So you were just so on I the had, outside of this. Yeah, I had no idea. I, Jack, I had I knew nothing. Right, right. I was like, I'm not making this up. I was the blank. So I was like, oh, oh, right, oh. right. And what was interesting was as each thing happened, and you know, you were in the same screening. The crowd whooped and cheered, and I didn't know what whether, an atmosphere. Are they whooping and cheering because they didn't know it was coming, or are they whooping and cheering because they did know it was coming? Because well, I didn't know I any it. of this it's stuff because, was happening. Because they didn't confirm any of it in the marketing, and there was all this like when they released the main trailer. So it wasn't in the trailer. No, like what they actually did was remove them from the trailers. So, so the shots that are in the film of them all landing on the top of the right. um, Empire. No, sorry, on top of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. It was just Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Right. And then there was a shot as well, like the wide shot when, in the movie, all three of them jumped towards three villains. Yeah. They just removed Tom, uh, uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield's wow, Spider-Man. okay, fine. And then there was this quite funny thing. I think it was the Brazilian trailer. I'm so, This is how deep in on this I was. <laughs> I, and it was within like, I'm going to say like 12 minutes of the movie trailer being online. Somebody had clipped the Brazilian version of the trailer where the lizard's head got kicked by nothing. Like... And and people were like, "What's that?" <laughs> yeah, and so and and just and immediately people started just diving into it. And like I said, there was leaked images online of Andrew Garfield, but then there was a leaked video of him like on the scaffolding, holding onto it, and you right. could see his mouth 
saying something and people were trying to read his lips and what they read was I'm not in the film <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. it was his lips and what they the, the closest they deciphered was so do you have like web blood because people had assumed that he was talking to Toby Maguire right. that his webs are organic and they were right, like right, so right. do you have web blood but actually in the movie what he says is do you ever have a web block mm-hmm and so people got that close to figuring out what it was. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it was It was all just kind of like, I wish obviously there were no leaks, but there was still part of me that was like, I don't know how they're going to be in it, how long, to what, how they're going to be Because they're in it for a lot. They're I mean, right. they're, 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 they're in it for a lot. And this is, this is why I was so satisfied with it, is because, and maybe we could get to this later when we talk about larger sort of like parts of the movie, but... I really liked that they brought in those past Spider-Men to service Tom Holland's Spider-Man. And the big part of this that I really, really enjoyed, that's been spoken about a lot now, is that this trilogy for Tom Holland has kind of served as one huge origin story. Because everyone, like Batman actually, we know how Spider-Man, you know, Uncle Ben dies and then he becomes Spider-Man, great power comes, great responsibility, yeah sure, he's Spider-Man. <laughs> but they started the Marvel Spider-Man without Uncle Ben being in it, without the origin story, he was already Spider-Man when we found him. And so we thought we could just jump over that. And actually what has transpired over these few movies is that people have gone, there's something missing. He doesn't quite feel like a Spider-Man yet. Right. And in this, I think that they fixed that. And they actually acknowledged it head on. There's been this criticism of calling him uh, Iron Boy or Iron Boy Junior or Iron Man Junior. Right, and okay, they, they okay. literally put that on like uh, on a magazine in this movie and they like directly sort of acknowledge that that's what they've been doing. And then obviously they've basically figured out that Spider-Man has to kind of intrinsically be linked with tragedy. And so yeah, given so, that to the uh, Aunt May character. Okay, so even... even- I know, and you know, I, I know far less about uh, comic strips than you do. As somebody who grew up in the age of, you know, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, that was pretty much the The thing that I always knew about Spider-Man was deeply conflicted and anguished. And, and basically, I mean, I think even before I understood it really about Batman and Superman, I understood that Spider-Man was on the wrong side of, you know, he was constantly getting blamed for things that weren't his fault. And mm-hmm. he, he had, um, you know, J. Jonah Jameson, Jameson you know, against him and uh and so the whole friendly neighborhood spider-man thing was always said ironically and he was angst-ridden and tortured so when i first saw the raimis that was the stuff that i was looking for mm-hmm. that was the stuff that i kind of expected i always thought the doc ock was the best of those early ones anyway. oh 100 so i still was... think it's i think spider-man 2 is still the best spider-man movie yeah mostly because it plays like a character drama that spider-man is in yes and yeah that's why i think it works yeah and it is a character drama whereas the, the first raimi spider-man is much more a kind of kinetic you know i remember interviewing sam raimi years and years ago when he was making dark man mm. and he was saying that dark man was going to be a really big change for him and i said well how and he said well i've literally sandbagged the cameras to the ground so his whole the style change was I'm actually holding a camera still, and then we, we didn't really do that anyway. But I do remember thinking, okay, Spider-Man is just like what you'd expect the guy who made the Evil Dead to do if you got given all that money to make Spider-Man. But Spider-Man Two feels like a character drama. It yeah. feels like, which is what I always thought the, the with the, the little Raimi touches that you. I mean, yes, everyone it, cites the the Doc Ock origin essentially when he's on the operating table and there's essentially a scene from the evil dead mm-hmm. when the the arms come to life and kill all the surgeons in the room yeah, yeah. and there's like clear nods to it and 
all the crash zooms and the chainsaw and the nails on the floor, like all of that is like I love all quintessential Raimi. <laughs> but you're right, you're right. So, so the, the thing about having to put the the tragedy into the backstory mm-hmm. is really is really important. Did you think that the I mean, when you so when you watch it, how many times have you seen Spider Man No Way Home? Now I think it's about five, maybe six. Okay, I saw it a lot. Okay, so you absolutely loved it. I. I did, I did, and I, I have this thing with um, Spider-Man movies ever since Spider-Man Three, where every time I watch a new one, and, and when I watched Spider-Man Three, it was two thousand seven, so I would have been fifteen. I watch it for the first time and go, "Yes, I love that." It was Spider-Man, and then I come down from that and I go, "Oh no, it is. It's not good. great. No, that's it's not. not very good. That didn't work." And that's, that's happened with Spider-Man Three, both of the amazing Spider-Man films. And to be honest with the Marvel version of Spider-Man as well, because a big part of Spider-Man for me is that he's a kid who has no one to kind of turn yeah. to. Yeah. And in this, he had billionaire playboy Tony Stark yeah, exactly. to turn to whenever he needed something. He's Robin, something. right? Yeah. That's, that's basically what he is. Yeah, they've, they've, they've basically made Iron Man Jr. That's, mm. And that was a perfectly um, like, sound criticism for it. And I felt, watching these Spider-Man movies, like I was like... I get the John Hughes vibe, big fan of John Hughes, like that sort of teen approach. I like setting him in high school, like making them all kids, giving him kid problems, properly going back to that. But there was something missing from it. And in this, every time I've watched it, I still personally, and I've been quite openly critical of the filmmaking, just in general in Marvel, I think sometimes, you know, the green screen stuff and all the sort of, just everything's told in mid shots and just cutting to whoever's talking. And especially in Far From Home, I really didn't like how much of it seemed to have just been told in an edit rather than actually told on the yeah. on the day. And with this, I mean, they open it and it's immediately kinetic and I really enjoyed that and you you know have an immediate Spider-Man swinging through the city with MJ thing. But then when he gets into the apartment, I don't know if you remember this, but there's two and a half minutes of an unbroken take going through the apartment. And I right. just immediately was like, oh, it has a voice. Like... There's somebody behind the camera who's like, I'm going to do it this way and make a choice rather than just covering it every possible way and choosing later. And then I think filmmaking wise, it kind of for a bit and for a lot of it actually devolves back into that. But it has such a like, I don't know, like level of fun and enjoyment and kind of um, knowingness about it that I kind of just let that go. And I even felt myself in the now very famous kitchen scene when the other Spider-Men do return, I felt my brain going like, this almost feels like they weren't actually in the same room and I felt myself like, bury that. Like I was like, nope, just enjoy it. Otherwise you're just going to, like, why why take this away from yourself? Okay. Like I could feel, I don't know if Tom Holland, sorry, I don't know if Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are standing opposite each other there or if they were shot completely on different days. Like I was just getting that sense and like I even hear in interviews as well, there was a moment when all three of them were actually stood in the studio talking to Doctor Strange, who wasn't really there. And I was like, yeah, you can kind of feel that. This just feel like a movie that was made in a pandemic when schedules were really, really difficult to sort of get around and everything. Like, But I think it really ties it together. And actually, I think it's to do with the way that it's told. Less about, like I guess, the visual language of it, but the way that they are bringing in so many, like, mad ideas and elements from different universes and yet they're all still servicing Tom Holland's Spider-Man and I think that's what I came away with was like okay it was all for him and it was all to sort of 
push his character arc even further. Okay, so I have two questions for you. The first one is um, in relation to Doctor Who. Now, obviously, this is a generational thing. Sure. Are you aware of the Doctor Who um, uh, episodes in which they would bring Doctors back from the past? Yes. Yes. So it seemed to me, and I didn't mean this as a criticism when I said it, this is a very big Doctor Who episode in which we've got, you know, Patrick Troughton and John Pertwee and I don't remember William Hartnell. I think somebody else stood in for William Hartnell, didn't they? And then Tom Baker. We've got, we've got them all yeah. in the same room. And the joy is... I remember is, the Tom Baker one that they did when he's in an art gallery or something and he comes back. Yeah, and there was, I think there's five Doctors and there's three. I can't even remember how many Doctors there are. I think it's called the Five Doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as I remember, somebody else plays William Hartnell at that point. Mm-hmm. But there was a great joy in watching it. Uh, and I was never, you know, like a, a Doctor Who boy I watched Doctor Who every week but I wasn't one of those people like you know who, who could recite all the different names of all the episodes there was a key period for me which started with Patrick Trout and went through um, John Pertwee and then kind of into Tom Baker and that was when I kind of lost it but I remember the joy of watching those all the Doctors find themselves in the same space and interacting I loved, and I loved it and yeah. when I said that about uh, Spider-Man No Way Home <laughs> honestly that, they, the title's are bad the title is bad yeah. um, a lot of people said no, but it's, you know, it's much better than that. And I was like, no, that's, I, that's not a criticism. I always loved that. I loved those episodes. Second thing is this. Where does it sit for you in terms of Into the Spider-Verse? Because right. I still think Into the Spider-Verse is a better film. Oh, completely. Oh, okay, fine. Utterly so we're on the same, but okay, fine. Like, this is the thing is that I will be so interested to see how No Way Home ages for two different reasons. Firstly, like, the amount of, like hype and excitement that's around the fact that they're even doing it to me it doesn't even i can't believe it's real like it feels like a dream that because toby Maguire hasn't been in hollywood for 10 years or so either like toby Maguire's just been gone and it's so what's he been doing i have no idea i'm assuming i'm assuming he's just like resting on his laurels like oh so he's literally just i I, like honestly hadn't even noticed that he that's it i genuinely think the last thing he did was gatsby but i might be wrong but like you know what i mean it's been like 2013 or something like that since he was in like a major motion picture and seeing him return, like that to me felt like <laughs> just kind of I can't believe he's he's there because he's just been gone from our like uh, collective consciousness for so long. And Andrew Garfield as well, he we left him in the middle of his character arc, and so seeing him come back and seeing him get a chance to not only like I mean that moment, that moment when he saves MJ, yeah, like we all. I say we all, I mean us fans who know too much about it and can see stuff coming. <laughs> From the moment she fell in the trailer, we were like, if they're in it, Andrew's going to have to save her. Because the, the, the sort of the callback to him, how he lost Gwen, I love how it happens. I love the choice that his Spider-Man has clearly thought of that about, about that moment over and over and over again so that he knew that if, he, if it were to ever happen again, he couldn't web after her. He'd have to catch her and then web both of them. Just right, all right, of right, that okay. like, felt like it... And it didn't have to explain itself, but really the moment is when he says, are you okay? And then she goes, yeah, are you okay? And you just see his face, like like he just does this little twitch and he nods and he, you can just see in, his mo- in, that, in that moment, because Andrew Garfield's just an amazing actor, like the grief that he's feeling, the forgiveness that he's giving himself, like it, just in that split moment, there's just all of that happening. So we've got all of this kind of meta conversation going on around this movie. And when all that kind of fades away, I wonder how people are going to feel about it. And yes. another reason... Okay is because I think that this Doctor Who thing you're talking about, that is our next... We've talked about this a little bit on this podcast before, I think on our live show. This multiverse thing is the next phase of Hollywood. Great, it's just some random guy. Hello. 
Um, I hope it's okay. I just came through this, uh... Oh, just closed. You're Peter. Yeah. Peter Parker. I... I've seen you two... Hi. <laughs> Wait, he's... he's not your friend. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. What? Milk. Ah, there you are. I seem to be stuck up here. Hmm? Hmm? Oh, so you're my replacements. <laughs> a dandy and a clown. Just because to demonstrate to myself that I'm not going mad, so the, as I was saying, I couldn't remember, it was three or five. So The Three Doctors was in 1973, and right. that featured John Pertwee, William Hartnell, and Patrick Troughton. And then The Five Doctors which was in 1983, was John Pertwee, Patrick Tratton, Richard Herndl as William Hartnell, right. and then Peter Davison as the things. That's why I end up getting them. It's the three Doctors is the one that I remember seeing when I was young and going, they're all three in the same space. Yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah. Mum, Dad, Mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, and because one of them was never in colour. It's like right. a nail suddenly. Yeah. And uh, so, OK, I think the, multi, the multiverse thing is a really mixed blessing. I think, on the one hand, the way in which Spider-Man No Way Home talked to itself mm -hmm. across universities, I thought that was that was really interesting. Not as interesting as Into the Spider-Verse, in agree. which the whole point of it is anyone, yes. anyone can be Spider-Man, which I thought was, was delightful. The, the problem with the multiverse thing is it takes really good writing to make it anything other than a bunch of shit. Completely. And I think that the bunch of shit problem is it's coming. is really really coming down it's coming. the line. Yeah, I mean, like the next one we have, which is, is in Doctor a couple Strange of months, in Doctor the Multiverse Strange. of Madness, right? Yeah, which what's... is directed by Sam Raimi. Oh, okay, so what's the what's the what's the plot? Okay, so it seems to be that I saw the trailer for it last night. Right, so, right, but... and it looks it looks to me again, it looks like they've allowed Sam Raimi to be Sam Raimi. It's a trailer. But, you have I mean, no idea. You're completely right. But it looks like the way they're they're framing certain things, even to me, looks like it still has a Marvel palette, 
but there's something about it that felt like well, that feels a bit different. Um, but it's a bit when when Benedict Cumberbatch's face turns into a Rubik's cube. Yes, and it's, I go, yeah. oh, that's interesting. But that also as well, like again, because people are obsessed, and I include myself in that. Frame by frame, in that moment, he's coming out of an animated version. Okay. So like they're going to be doing everything. I won't be surprised okay. if Spider Men are in this as well. Okay. Patrick Stewart is in it. Okay. reprising Professor X okay. so they're bringing it all and I can only imagine that after Spider-Man No Way Home yep No Way Home did very well that Kevin Feige was just like right okay it's a go like people love this they love seeing them come back and to your it's a bunch of shit it, or it, it, it eventually will be. just it, but I, I, yeah. it eventually will just be Sitcom famous person comes through a door. Yeah, yes, ex- and yeah, and exactly. woo clap. Yeah. And how long is that going to be sustained? Yeah. How are we going to look back on No Way Home when all this kind of happens? I find it fascinating that this, is, and I've made this prediction before as well. But like, I'm telling you, the next James Bond is going to meet other James Bonds. I am. Oh wow! Certain of it. He's going to meet an older Jack. Pierce Brosnan, a George Lazenby, like whoever they'll be able to get. And they already tried. They already tried to do that. In Skyfall, Sean Connery was supposed to be uh, the groundskeeper. Who played the groundskeeper? Okay, but he wasn't meant to be James Bond. No, but he was supposed to be James Bond's like caretaker of his old house, and it was all meta. Supposed to oh, be like okay, okay, okay. He's the, he was supposed to play that character, and he didn't do it. There is there is a a single I can think of, you know, meta gag in um in in on Her Majesty's Secret Service when George Lazenby says this never, never happened, happened to, to the, the other, other guy fella. yeah and that's <laughs> and that's about like hey look yeah, we yeah. did that yeah, now, yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. moving on pass me, pass me a cigarette and a martini yeah, and yeah, some yeah, skis yeah. you know oh and Sean Connery's <laughs> back again <laughs> yeah, that was yeah never yeah but that's anyway, that, that's yeah. my like broad prediction for the next Bond is that they're going to sell it as like he's the next Bond but then they're going to do this this theory that exists that they've never done before which is that Bond is the code name rather than the actual name, you're given the identity of James Bond in an almost Jason Bourne way. Look, and I don't want to say that I'm st- sitting here on this podcast yeah, being like, remember, this is a great idea. Just say, I just think it's what they're going to do. Do you remember the Jason Bourne movie that didn't have Jason oh, Bourne in it? Yeah, not good. I remember nothing about it. Yeah. I literally... Other than Jeremy Renner is in it. it. Other than the guy with the bow and arrow. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, I know. Who's who's the... Let's get him. Yeah, they also right. tried to make him the next lead of Mission Impossible as well. So Jeremy Renner has got like a history <laughs> of trying to replace... Big franchises and it not taking the way that they hope. We can't get the guy we want. Is Jeremy Renner free? No, he's crouching on a beam, holding a bow and arrow, (laughs) waiting to do something. You know, in the DC world as well, on the multiverse thing. Like later this year, we've got the Flash as well, which is going to bring back Michael Keaton as Batman. Okay, but correct me if I'm wrong. Hasn't uh, Ben Affleck? He's in it as well. Okay, as Batman. Yeah. Fine, and he's done all these scenes already because I saw I saw an interview with yeah. him in which he said that him in the Flash was the first moment that he felt that he'd actually right. turned into the bat. You know, hey, this was like sure. TMZ or something. It came it came up on my telephone, yeah. on my phoning device. So I have yeah. no idea what the veracity of it was. <laughs> it might have been made up by somebody. But also, it sounds like the sort of thing you say to promote something where he's Batman again. Yeah, exactly. But he is Batman again, right? He's so, Batman again. Yeah, yeah. And, which and- is I. I I yeah, I like Ben Affleck. Really? Yeah, I, he wasn't well, good as Batman. No, this he is was the, rubbish. We'll as talk about this when we actually talk about Batman. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah. But yeah, like this is what's interesting is that we're entering a phase, and this is the year where it's kind of taken off. Okay. Where, like I say, all of it. It's so multi multiverse Bond. I mean, I would 
I, I'd make a money bet with you now that that's not going to happen. But also, but you're young and smart, and you might be right. And that's you know. And like I said, I don't. I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm, I'm just saying. No, but I mean, it seems to be the trend of Hollywood, and and Bond follows the trends. It does, but how? I mean, it works in fantasy universes, but how is it going to work? It works in Doctor Who and Doctor. You know, how I think is it going to? Like, I mean, the only thing that I can think of is that you set it in a place where we go with the idea that James Bond is the code name. You know, and you, you kind of do. You know, you remember in Blade Runner twenty forty nine when Harrison Ford says to Ryan Gosling, "I used to have your job. I was good at it." I'm almost imagining that conversation with okay. new Bond speaking to Pierce Brosnan and Pierce Brosnan like being this kind of old bearded guy who's recluse now and you know he has to go and speak to him and he has to you know, I can just imagine this happening because Hollywood tends to want to follow well Bond tends to want to follow the the big trends yeah. and it's trying to uh, lately to replicate what Mission Impossible did and it tried to replicate what Bourne did and it, you know, it's it's also if you look at Bond side by side with what was going on. Oh at no, the no, time, it's, no, it's it's absolutely true that in the wake of Paul Greengrass, yeah. Bond Bond movies changed. Yeah, absolutely, they yeah. changed because the world had changed, and yep. you couldn't keep making that same old. Bond well, and movie. also look at Skyfall. Skyfall's the Dark Knight. Like that's what Sam Mendes tried to do. He tried yes. to make it like a big. So what? So what? In that case, was No Time to Die. That felt to me like. A Mission Impossible thing where it's like a lot of stunts, like the 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 motorbike going over okay. the thing, things like that. But also. That it was kind of it was like just all Bond. Yes, that's what all Bond. Tipping its hat to all of Bond. Yeah, lift your hands in. What do you want? All of them. All Bond. Hog. Which Bond theme do you want? Yes. It is. I. I kind of. I wonder where we are. I just want. I can I did, I came out of Spider Man mm. No Way Home. I'll have to do that every time. I came out of Spider Man No Way Home thinking, okay, I well I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I was it was really despite how uneasy I was about being in a cinema that packed at that point in the pandemic, um, I had really enjoyed being with an audience who enjoyed the movie as much as they did. I saw people crying in the foyer. Yeah, I mean, sure. literally people crying in the foyer. Like, I, I, I can't even... I'm getting shivers just sort of thinking about it, like being back in that seat, looking at the moment when the portal opened and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was in an alleyway far away. I was like, this is it. It's happening. And, like, and, just, and it wasn't even just like... It was, all, it was like the opposite of... I was, I was just so still. I was just, I was just like almost like holding my breath. And waiting for it to be confirmed. And it is like a sitcom. And he literally pulls the mask off and almost presents himself like, yeah. it's me. <laughs> yeah, although weirdly enough, when you say it's like a sitcom, the thing is, have you seen Natural Born Killers, the Oliver Stone film? I haven't. There's a bit in the in, in that in which they kind of... they show the Woody Harrelson film? Yeah. Um, yes. it's, uh, it's an Oliver Stone film that Woody Harrelson is in. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a bit in it in which they're described... I mean, it was adapted from a Quentin Tarantino script, but it was very greatly rewritten by... Anyway, there's a moment in it in which they basically are depicting uh, Juliet Lewis's character's childhood as absolutely chaotic, and they so it the thing turns into a television sitcom, but an awful television sitcom with abusive family relationships, right. and and it's got people opening doors and the audience just laughing in a, in an insane yeah. way, and even though what's happening is absolutely horrible yeah it sounds horrific that sounds like a horrific it, thing it, exactly and i have this i have this kind of terror of that sitcom thing about like you say they you know they you open the door and everyone cheer you open the door and everyone laughs you do the thing yeah. and everyone laughs you do the stand and everyone does the thing and i think that the best thing for me about spider-man no way home 
is that it didn't do that. Mm. I mean, there was some of it. It but, knew that the crowd would react. Yes. So I, but, but it wasn't what it was hanging everything. No, on. I mean, I actually, I, I liked it because I grew, you know, I grew up through those various ones. You know, when I, Evil Dead was a really big film for me. So the fact that that Sam Raimi had done Spider Man, you know, that was just lovely. So I went through all the Spider-Mans and was interested and then wasn't interested. And then was a bit interested and then wasn't interested again. And then, oh, you know, and then Into the Spider-Verse made me think, okay, fucking, now this is great. Yeah. This is this is a really interesting way of doing it. I still think that that's the future for I me, completely the agree. Spider-Verse. And I'm so excited to see what they do with Across the Spider-Verse. And also, if I was Phil Lord and Chris Miller, I'd be like, guys, why, where was my special thanks? <laughs> yes, exactly. like, and also, I, I remember seeing a tweet. I think Chris Miller said that originally they had wanted... Um, Andrew Garford and Tobey Maguire and I think Tom Holland to cameo in the first amazing uh, across enter no what is it into the Spider-Verse <laughs> yeah, <there we> go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's no way into out of home from the <laughs> to die <laughs> um, yeah and, and apparently Sony had said we think it's too soon for that and he had tweeted I guess it's not too soon anymore Okay, and it's like it would be a little, that was my idea I wanted to do that and now you've just done it but I suppose that they used Into the Spider-Verse Oscar winning you know brilliance as a oh people like this yeah. I wonder if we can make this happen in, in real life and actually just to, in defence and I don't like the titles of any of them Homecoming worked because it was like he's coming back to Marvel yeah. but then yeah. keeping to the home thing oh Jesus but like No Way Home I in defence of it I do like that in conclusion of the story even though there's all this multiverse traveling really it's about how peter parker now no longer has no way home that like because of the decisions he's made in the film he now is alone okay. and has nobody and i think that when i came out of it i was like now we've started okay, okay. now now he's he's in his he's alone He's he's in this like crappy little apartment he's got he's made his own suit it's properly vibrant red and blue it just I was like mm, okay now it feels like Spider-Man can start and okay. it feels like what we've seen before but that was a there is just something very ironic about this this many movies I down know, there now it I feels know, like it can start you know? I know it There's, is that's the yeah, yeah there was a Peter Cook and Dudley Moore sketch years and years ago I think it must have been in the 60s I only ever saw it on, on, on video as it was back then and it was like a um, a pastiche thing about all the Jerry Anderson, uh, you know, all the Jerry Anderson stuff stuck together, and it was like a mashup of all the Jerry Anderson things, and it was called Super Thunder Sting Car, and that it was fr- called what? Super Thunder Sting Car, okay, which was just like you know, just like all the Jerry Anderson <laughs> things all in one thing, and uh, there are times when I'm watching those, you know, and I just think that is Super Thunder Sting Car. It is that, and then that, and yeah. then that, and then that, and then that. I I still think that Spider Man No Way Home had a heart mm-hmm. and I think it felt like it it felt like it wasn't just a machine yes although it is a machine but it felt like it it was a machine that had a heart um and I did enjoy it I I just I just in the wake of it watching the Batman yesterday mm. and seeing the trailers beforehand and thinking I, I'm I'm yeah. The, multi- the, the multiverse future is worrying yeah. me. It's really worrying me. Yeah, I know what you mean. I do. I have, the, have a similar a similar feeling that I think that eventually 
people are going to think that that's what people want and they're going to forget like what you're saying is true that they've gone multiverse but they've remembered that at the heart of it it needs to be about our single main character yeah and what is it doing to service yeah, their yeah, story so, so the point that you make which i think is actually very very perceptive is that the whole thing is that all that stuff serves that character yep it's not all that stuff serves the expanding universe. And heaven knows we've all seen enough marvel movies in which you think you're literally just setting up other franchises, which yeah. is great, but it feels like being in a board meeting. Just in a big it's, trailer. Yeah, it's like, yes, exactly. Here's the trailer. For, and then the next thing you see is a three-hour trailer for the next 16 exactly. movies. That you're, it's like, just make me a film. Yep. And I think you're absolutely right. And I hadn't really realized it until you said it. The reason that Spider-Man No Way Home feels different is that is it they are all serving his character. Mm-hmm. In the end, they are all facets of his character. In the end, they are all things that are part of his character and they're trying to like that first introduction scene where they all meet each other like in the fans minds it was going to be like toby Maguire's theme hits and he swings in to save the day and he's like hey kid like they, that's what they were imagining but actually it was him on top of a school roof saying hey man i've been through grief as well yeah, and him yeah. being like I'm, i don't want i don't want this and him being like okay like i think that i think and, and like you say bringing them back in a kitchen like rather than doing this grand sweeping introduction which i think we're going to see like i imagine michael keaton's batman won't be returning in a kitchen i think he'll be coming <laughs> back hard and fast will he have a chin <laughs> <laughs> who knows he's been chin working out because you can't the thing about that is you can't do anything about not having a chin i mean you can do as much body bulking up as you like especially after patterson's jaw yeah he has yeah all the jaw. That's all the jaw, <laughs> all the time. In fact, we, we'll talk about this when we talk about the Batman. But the way that they've cut the mask mm. on his so it's so the mask has almost got a kind of like an upturned smile, mm-hmm. and then the the kind of slight cuff underneath. Yeah, it's like going look at the jaw on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Even Val Kilmer, take a step <laughs> back. That's a that's a proper jaw. But yes, and, and I think that one of the the standout moments for No Way Home, when you think about it as a as a character thing and why it works is aunt may's death i like yeah. really really enjoyed that and, and they didn't just go ah this time it's aunt may saying with great great power also comes great responsibility or whatever the they've taken Whatever the original the derivation line. of it is there yeah. yes they've taken the original line from the comics uh, and, and made it that but i like that they made aunt may aunt may because I, I again like i didn't like what they'd done with marissa tomei's version of it where she was kind of like the wine aunt it's a bit strange um in this she really like she really had like a purpose and she like ran the (laughs) she ran like the homeless shelter and stuff and then i'd never seen a death scene like it in um, especially not in a big blockbuster movie like that where it's kind of i i read about it afterwards it's called like walking zombie where somebody doesn't know that they're dying they're so full of adrenaline and like even when she was hit with a glider i was like she's gone that's it and then she stood up and was like, I just need to catch my breath and things. And then eventually just went down and never realized that she was dying. Yeah. And both of them are amazing in that scene. But Tom Holland, when the camera's close on his face and he's acting, he is he yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. He is really, really brilliant. Yeah. No, he's he's very good. Yeah. And he is the heart and soul of the film. Jack, this has been a pleasure. So the next one we're going to do is we're going to do uh, we're going to do the Batman, the Batman, and we'll talk a lot about the the the. But I think just my broadly, name is Vengeance. But, Call me Vengeance, Alfred. But broadly, <laughs> you're not my dad. Broadly speaking, <laughs> oh no, I'm not. And that is funny because actually, God bless him. I I did this thing for um 
<laughs> Michael, the Michael Caine exhibition, not an exhibition, Michael Caine um, auction. I wrote the this kind of appreciation of Michael Caine that he was very nice about. Oh, wonderful! He, well, he's been very nice about me, and he asked me to do it. Oh, wow! Yeah, I want to just say that again. Please. Michael Caine asked me to do it, Sir Michael Caine. Yes, so I said yes, and um, and then he said thank you, and then, <laughs> and then I and then I went and lay down in a you know in a bath. Um, oh, wow! Yeah, but there is an interesting thing that again. It's like, okay, Andy Serkis, follow that. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's, yeah. And I love Andy Serkis. And Who I think, doesn't? And I think he does it, you know, okay, let's do it very differently. But it is a kind of, you know, would you like to take on this role that has been done rather well? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting as well, like, like just being like, follow that. Has happened a fair few times mm, yeah, in, with yeah. with things, and it's always like, oh, that's kind of look. It's even like, I mean, this is almost a teaser for what we're going to talk about. But Matt Reeves following, let's just say Nolan, it's like follow that, like do Batman better than that. Yeah, and and he's taking the mantle, and he's yeah. Well, well we'll find out what I think more well, I, when I, we talk about it later. I also think, and bring this to because I also think that the end of No Time to Die is a bit yeah. Follow that. Yeah, you know, no, yeah. Like, that's Daniel Craig. You yeah, might as well have like, like, said it. Yeah, there we go. And <laughs> I yeah. killed Bond. Thank you, what you're gonna do? <laughs> Thank you very much. And now I am off. <laughs> bye bye. Gonna do Knives Out two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, until they do the Bond, Bond multiverse, and then and, they'll be and back ben, again. Benoit Blanc meets Daniel Craig's Bond. <laughs> yeah, as I said, I always come back to that thing that Kim Newman said, that in order for the Blofeld plot to have worked, he must have been planning it since he was six. Yes. <laughs> anyway, all right, Jack, a pleasure. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, you know all the usual stuff, subscribe, tell your friends, blah de blah de blah Jack and I will be back very soon talking about the Batman. Come me vengeance. <laughs> Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.